Welcome to Book Talk with Kara Putman. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Kara Putman, the award-winning, best-selling author of more than 30 novels. I write romantic legal suspense and World War II romance, but I read voraciously. Each week, I'll introduce you to one of my favorite author friends as we talk books, writing, and life. Be sure to check back frequently for new episodes. Welcome to Book Talk. Today I am so delighted to introduce you to, and some of you to welcome you back to a conversation with my friend, Tony Shiloh. And part of me wishes we've been recording what we were just talking about because she's just amazing. And someone that I wish all of you could just uh, walk into a coffee shop or a tea shop and spend time with because she's a person who just lives life with a steadiness and an underlying joy that shows up in her books. And someone who walks through life, it is not always easy and fun and delightful, but she shows up and her books are just some of my favorites. She writes fairy tales that remind me of Wakanda, colliding with Rachel House fairy tales that are just like spiritual fairy tales. And then the book that's coming out, The Love Script, is like Hollywood. And I don't even know. I just loved it. I don't even know what to compare it to because it was just so much fun. And um, I don't know. It was like a little bit of Sweet Home Alabama. I don't know why I'm even drawing that connection. But it made me think of something like that, colliding with Hollywood and behind the scenes. And it's a Cinderella story almost like Princess Diaries in a way, but it's Hollywood. So how did you come up with the idea for the love script? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I think probably because I love those types of stories. Um, I definitely grew up watching a lot of chick flicks um, and they have, you know, that big city life, but there's always the one person that kind of gives you that small town feel. And Originally, I thought that Nevaeh was going to be like from the country moving to Hollywood. But as I like delved into her character and kind of played with the idea of a Hollywood heartthrob getting in a compromising position, but all because of photography and not actually being in that position, I thought, no, like she needs to be from California, but down to earth. Um, and I don't know, a hairstylist just seemed like the perfect person to, you know, bring balance to the Hollywood lifestyle. Well, and what I loved about Nevea is she's not your stereotypical heroine where she's a size two who's perfect in every way. She's real. She's real in so many ways. She doesn't aspire to be on the screen. She wants to make other people feel beautiful. And in so many ways, I could picture her as my friend who does my hair. And I always, I love getting to spend time with her because I walk out and I'm always telling her this. I'm like, I feel beautiful after I spend some time with you. And that's how Nevea kind of came across to me is she's this beautiful, vivacious person who brings out the best in other people. And yet at her core, there's like this insecurity with who she is. Right. And yet the hero, who's this heartthrob, A-lister, big screen guy, sees her for who she is. So 
How did that come to be? Um, you've nailed them perfectly, like who they are. Um, Nevaeh is definitely that person. She wants to bring out the beauty in others. She wants them to feel comfortable, them to be delight. And I think probably it is because at her core, she's insecure. Um, not in the way that drags her down every single day, but, you know, in those little moments where maybe someone said something unkind and it strikes you inside because you've wrestled with those thoughts. Um, so I think because of her insecurity, she wants to make sure that people don't feel that way around her. Um, but like you said, Lamont sees her for who she is. And I think it's because he's grounded in the Lord. Um, he hasn't always been that way, but I feel like sometimes when you let a sinful life and then you come into the family of uh, Christianity, you're able kind of to just see other people at the core um, because you recognize maybe things you wrestled with in the past and you can see it in them. Um, but I think he just wants to value people. Um, he wants to be valued. He wants to value others. And it this perfect complement um, between the two of her bringing comfort, him valuing other people, and that's exactly what each other needs. Um, I probably did that on purpose, but I'm a pantser, so um, it felt organic at the time. <laughs> there is this really perfect exposition of the characters, and you know, he brings out the best in her, she brings out the best in him. He's panicked about his mom. He's caring for his mom. And that's what actually brings them together to start with. And then he sees the beauty in her. She's so insecure. And now she finds herself in this place where she's helping save his career and losing everything in the process. And it's just this perfect blending of everything that could go wrong when everyone's like, oh my gosh, you've got everything. You've got this A-list you know, boyfriend now. And then does she really? And it's it's just such a great book and I loved it and I can't wait for book two and three because you set them up perfectly and it's just the full package but it's also really this wonderful like fairy tale in a lot of ways because I think we all at some point in time have been like I who hasn't imagined what would it be like to fall in love with someone from Hollywood what would it really be like to have that happen just like with your prior series, what would it be like to fall in love with royalty? You know, the whole Princess Diaries idea. And I think we we're all like, oh, that would be amazing. But I've been reading a book on, you know, Mrs. Kennedy and her Secret Service agent. And like, there's a lot of junk that comes with being either Hollywood royalty or royalty, even on a made up country. And it's not all it's cracked out to be. So why is this where you tend to at least write these types of books, you know, what is it about it that fascinates you as an author or you think fascinates us as readers? That's a great question. I think what fascinates me as an author is what fascinates me as a reader. Um, it's the idea that they look like they have it all. Um, sometimes we're like, well, if I could escape from my, you know, middle class or um, impoverished budget and have it all, um, but then you always hear the, the phrase, more money, more problems. And I think that's something that always makes me curious. Like, is it really, you know, more money, more problems? Or are we all in this life struggling in some aspect or another, whether it's with faith, whether it's with the life you've been dealt, 
Prince, not Prince, um, Hollywood royalty or hairstylist. Like, I think at the core, we're all the same. Um, I hear some readers say they don't like um, billionaire romances or royalty. They just like regular people. But I think we're all regular people. We just all do something different. And so that's what I like to explore um, is, are they really regular? Are they really have the same values, the same hopes and dreams? Um, and how can I bridge the gap between, you know, what we perceive and what's actually real? And I love that in To Win the Prince, because in To Win the Prince, you actually stripped away all the benefits of royalty and kind of thrust him into, well, this is how the other half lives, buddy. What are you going to do with it? Exactly. <laughs> and that honestly, I had so much fun just like, what else can I take away from him? Like, <laughs> you think you're low, but let's let's bring him down a little bit lower. It was so much fun because you could you can see where you're like, OK, and now we'll put your face a little lower into the dirt. What are you going to do now? And and you're like, oh, you poor privileged little buddy. Let's see what happens. And it was you can just imagine. And it was such it was so much fun. And yet. Um, we all have our places in our lives where we act like that. Where we're like, don't take this from me. Don't take this from me. It's my identity. Yes. And it's, we don't have to be royalty to have those things that if they're stripped away, we're like, oh my gosh, who am I? Exactly. Um, wow. Like, <laughs> this is why I love talking to you. Like, it's like you're in my head sometimes when you <laughs> pull out these thoughts. Um, because it's true, like there's always something we're holding on to. And I think um, in terms of faith, that's where God's like, is it an idol? Are you willing to release it? Are you willing to let me have full reign? And will you bow to my will or still hold on to yours? Um, and I, I think that's why, you know, sometimes you just have to strip away um, what people are holding on to so that they can see the fullness of God and, you know, come into that full surrendered relationship with him. Absolutely. And it's, that's always one of the things that makes me nervous, I think, in a good way, in a healthy way, is to kind of live with a little bit of that open hand of, okay, God, is there anything that I've started to hold on to a little too tightly where it's a good thing, but now it's started to turn into something that's replacing you in my life. And that's becoming more of that idol that where the security is coming from versus it's good, but it's not my identity. It's not my all in all because that's only supposed to be God. And that's his place in my life or in my kids' lives. I don't know about you, but sometimes it's the things for my kids that then start becoming an idol, like their education or what I want and hope for them. And then I have to be like, oh, okay, God, I've got to trust you with that and not start manipulating, maneuvering, trying to make things happen in those spaces as well. Definitely. Yeah. So you've got um, these books that you've been writing, these you know, great, amazing novels. You also write for Love Inspired. You also do a lot of books that you write on your own um, and books that you write with collections of authors. And you are so prolific. What are you most excited about that you're working on right now, in addition to the couple of books that we've been talking about already? Um, I'm actually still working on book two um, of the love Is script. Is it Tucker's book? Yes. 
It is Tucker's Tucker and Piper. I'm so excited about their story. I cannot wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, gotta be honest. They've been giving me a lot of difficulty. I could see that <laughs> because they were already giving you difficulty in this book, but that's going to make it such a good story. Yes. That's the hope. And, um, it's, I, I think it ties into what you were saying earlier about, you know, the thing we have that's good that we might be holding on to. And I think in this case, it's probably the story. Um, I'm assuming it'll be a good story. I'm assuming it'll be used for God's glory, but I've probably been holding on too tightly um, out of, I think, insecurity, nerves. You know, um, I think sometimes people are like, well, you have all these books, like, you probably never get nervous. And I'm like, uh, actually, every single time with every book, yeah. with every idea, it's like, will they like it? Will this, you know, glorify God? Is this the story he wants me to tell? Like all of the doubts, all of the questions, all the time. <laughs> I think people don't realize that I think each book actually gets harder. Because you've got all these others behind you. And I, at least for me, I feel like my expectations get higher. And I now have this body of work that I didn't have before that readers can look back at and go, well, this isn't as good as that one or that <laughs> one or the one before. And so in some ways, I think it really does get more challenging with each book because there's more that people can look back to and compare it to and be like, oh, she's done that before. It was better the first time than it is this time. Oh my goodness. Yes. 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 All of that. Um, it's so true because um, I think also the imposter syndrome increases along the lines as well because like someone's going to figure out I can't write a good book. Those were all flukes or uh, whatever the case may be. Um, so you feel like you have to come and perform um, a little bit higher than each level and you don't want to knock it too far out of the park because then what happens to the next book? Like now you got to shoot for the stars. You're not. <laughs> it is so true. And it's one of the things I love about writing that it, I can get better with each book, but it's also so challenging because there is still that voice in my head. That's like, well, this is going to be the last one. They're going to realize they really screwed up by giving you a contract kid. And I'm like, and I have to know that that is actually, you know, not the Lord speaking into my head. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's the enemy of my soul, but it's real and it's a battle. And it's something that is just, it's there and it can make it so challenging, especially when the characters aren't cooperating or I'm like, I, I can't quite figure out what the spiritual thread's supposed to be or, you know, whatever's not cooperating with the story. And then you're like, man, they're going to figure it out. It's just, I've been an imposter. This isn't, this isn't it, you know, or whatever. Right. I'm glad it's not just me. No, it's we not just you. <laughs> we a support group, Tony. We should get our friends together and be like, all right, we're going to hold each other. We're going to hold our hands up and be like, no, this isn't it. Yes. I'll be your Aaron. I'll hold your hand up. Yes, definitely. It sounds awesome. So um, what is, what is the thing that, with all the books you've written, because I think you're probably at about 20 now, or are you at 25? Um, I'm over uh, like 28, I think. See, I knew you were a fast writer. So with 28-ish, 
is the thing that you're working on right now? Because probably when I was hitting about 25, 28, mine was really going deeper with characterization, particularly on my heroines. Because that was the thing that I kept seeing in my reviews. Heroes were great. Heroines, people were like, yeah, I just couldn't quite connect with her. That's a good question. Um, I think for me, I want to hit the emotional portion, that part that tugs at the reader's heartstrings and doesn't let go until either they cry or they like feel totally in love with the characters, with the story, and that it's changed something pivotal inside. I think that's definitely, I want to go for the emotions. You totally did that with the love script. I loved it from page one. There was something about Nevea that I just, she was so the girl next door. She was so yeah. that person I could imagine just being friends with for the rest of my life. That, you know, there were parts that I was like, I know where this story's going. I know it's going to happen. And I was just in for it. I was so vested in her and seeing the ATA and seeing what was going to happen. And I was just, I was invested. That's the best way to put it. I was so in for it. And I loved it because that's always a challenge for me as a reader with romance. Cause I'm like, I know it's going to happen. I, I know right. what the end result's going to be. And yet I so was just like, oh, I want it for her. Cause she's amazing. I just want her to get everything she deserves that she doesn't think she does. And I just loved how she poured into his mom and all these other people and she learned to stand up for herself. And so I would say you're doing it, which is awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I I loved her and I was hoping other people would love her. It's one of those things are like, am I the only one laughing? Am I the only one saying she's the best or will other people also agree? <laughs> well, I at least agree. I thought she was awesome. And Lamont was great. Don't get me wrong. Lamont is definitely an awesome hero. But there was something about Nevea that I just adored. And I don't know. I tend to be a little more skeptical on heroines. I, I guess I'm tougher on my girlfriends. I don't know. But she was, yeah, I, I was like, man, I wish she was real. Because she'd be awesome to hang out with. Right? And we would never leave the house looking a mess. Like, never, right? No. <laughs> I could use her as a stylist. Uh, there is no question about that. Uh, the miracles she worked in that one hour film test. I was like, man, what could she do with me? <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> so what is a book that you've read lately that you just couldn't put down? Ooh, Courtney Walsh's My Funny Valentine. Did you read it? Yes. I haven't downloaded, but I haven't read it yet. It was... From the beginning, I was laughing and it's, so I love rom-coms. I read a lot of rom-coms, but I don't laugh out loud at a lot of rom-coms just because I feel like my humor is different than what most people um, put in rom-coms, um, but not with hers. I was actually laughing out loud. I was like texting my friends like, oh my goodness, are you going to read this? Texted my mom. I was like, you have to read this. And my mom's like, okay. And then she texts me. She's like, oh, that part. And we're like laughing back and forth. Um, I was totally invested in that. And that one is a uh, fake um, 
relationship as well, like the love script. Um, and in that one, it's the hero is a hockey player. So you got the little fame going on. So yeah, I was totally there for the whole thing. And now I'm like, when can I go back and reread it? Just that's awesome. <laughs> that's the best thing too. And you can't wait to reread it. Have you read Positively Penelope yet by Pepper Basham? I haven't. I read Authentically Izzy, but I haven't read yeah. the second one yet. I laughed out loud. And I could tell from Authentically Izzy that Penelope's book was going to be fun. And right. I cannot wait for Luke's story because he's just so deadpan. I know she's like, I don't know how I'm going to do his book. And I'm like, it's going to be awesome. I am so here for it. I cannot wait. But uh, Positively Penelope was just perfect. Uh, it was just Perfect. And so you will enjoy it because it's that whole rom-com and it worked in the email, but there was more of it that was also um, on the page. Okay. So it was so fun, but because it was all Julie Andrews and Audrey Hepburn and all that, it was just so, so fun. Classics. Love it. Yeah, it was so, it was so up my alley. It was a blast. So, well, thank you so much for joining me today. It was so much fun to reconnect with you and to get to talk about your next book, The Love Script, but then also to talk a little bit about To Win a Prince and some of the other amazing books that you have written. And I just, I, I love your books. You are just so talented and gifted at bringing stories and characters to life, Tony. I love them. Thank you so much, really. Uh, every time I see you leave a review or say something, like it touches me so much. I really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you. And thanks so much for all you do for writers and um, just for, stay the course. I just, I love how you are letting God use you. And to everyone who's watching or listening, if you have not read Tony's books yet, I highly recommend them. They are wonderful. The ones I've read, I have always enjoyed. She's quickly jumped to the top of my to be read pile. When a book comes in, it's just one I grab because I know I'm going to enjoy it. And that doesn't happen with every author I read. So if you love romance, and if you, especially if you love romance, where it also has some heart and some depth to it, then you are going to absolutely love Tony Shiloh's books. If you enjoyed this conversation, remember you can join us live on my Facebook page on Tuesday evenings at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the next conversation. I'd also be grateful if you'd leave a review on your favorite platform. I love to hear from you, so be sure to leave a comment on this episode's show page at caraputman.com, and you can also interact with me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And don't forget, when you join my e-newsletter, I send you a copy of Dying for Love, the novella that launches the Hidden Justice series as my gift to you. Thanks again for tuning in. Thank you.